Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. All right, uh, welcome guys. Uh, this is Jason Webb with the Minnesota Made podcast. I'm sitting here with Mitch Sloan with CB Machining. CB Machining Engineering. And Engineering. Yep. Don't forget the engineering part. Absolutely. Sorry about that, Mitch. And we're located in Buffalo, Minnesota. And, uh, you know, Mitch, he gave me a tour of the facility. Right. And uh, got a lot going on. You know, one of the cool things that you brought up was the fact that, you know, COVID hit. And you guys adjusted and made it work. Whereas I, I've seen a lot of companies out there that struggled through it never were able to make an adjustment they weren't uh, i don't know i don't know why not nimble enough didn't have the opportunities present themselves but i really think it's it's great that you guys made that adjustment from i believe you said aerospace into more of a personal defense or what would you call the weapons component of it right i mean we I uh, just consider it firearms manufacturing. Firearms manufacturing. Uh, yeah, so it's molds, uh, mainly components. Uh, we do have our FFL for producing actual firearms, but right now we're focused on just uh, components. Um, it's been a passion project for a few years, um, and with the slowdown, um, you know, we had to kind of make uh, lemonade, uh, yeah. the lemons. So yeah. we ended up um, finding the components that were the right fit for the equipment that we had available. And uh, so uh, we did not have a customer base for that product. Sure. Uh, but, uh, and anybody we reached out to, you know, they were looking for us to have something to show them before they would do business with us. So oh, okay. we actually went out really on a limb and uh, started producing the components on our own based on the mil spec prints mm. uh, so that we had an actual product to market. And then uh, once we had that product, then it was no problem finding clients uh, to, yeah. to take, a, take that on. Uh, but it was, a, it was definitely a risk, especially at a time when we, are, we had a significant downturn in business mm. uh, to, to continue to invest, uh, to keep our employees all here uh, as best we could and, um, and keep the machines going. Now, I don't know if you want to get into any of the detail on uh, the impact COVID had on your business and kind of the adjustment you had to make. Um, did you want to share any of that? Um, it, don't really know how to answer that other than what I kind of just did. Well, uh, it was like know. the aerospace, Boeing, right, um, right. Okay. 20%, uh, I guess, slash overnight. Right. Is that right? Right. So and that's, that's with the seven, right, exactly. Yeah. So the Boeing 737, um, highest production volume commercial aircraft in the world, uh, you know, they, they put a stop work on them. Boeing quit uh, producing and quit selling that aircraft in, it got to us around January of 20, and that was an immediate overnight 20, 25% impact to our business. So something happened with Boeing, they're like, no more of this aircraft. Correct, yeah, they, they lost a couple of flights um, uh, overseas of the 737 uh, MAX. Uh, aircraft sure and it's actually have a model of it here um, so with that um, they uh, they needed to do you know 
makes or switches. Right, right. They with the FAA and all that kind of thing. Did away with that model completely and came up with something new. And then they're like, uh, we don't need your parts anymore. Right? <laughs> Basically? They, no, they, they actually just stopped making the plane because it was such, I mean, it is, there are so many businesses yeah. in this nation that are dependent on that one aircraft um, that they, they, they just needed to call a timeout, understood what they did wrong. Sure. which they, they did recognize and they were able through investigation to determine exactly what went wrong in both uh, crashes. They are both due to the same, um, it's called the MCAS system. Okay. And once they were able to develop the, the fix that was uh, bought off by the FAA, then they were allowed to start um, uh, flying their aircraft again. And then once the aircraft were back in the air, uh, and then they would get new orders from customers, and that has already happened. Okay. So earlier this year, um, Boeing did get the, the approval uh, for the 737 to be um, back into um, production. Back into production. Okay. So, so we're back to producing parts, but it's going to be a slow ramp up because they need okay. to build their their clientele's trust back. You know? Oh, sure. So before they're able to to get back to the levels that the, the aircraft was at in terms of production volumes. Sure. And so that downturn resulted in what you called a passion project. Right. Well, why the word passion? Uh, is this something you're really interested in? Right. Well, my business partner and I are both uh, avid uh, hunters okay. and uh, sportsmen. And a lot of the employees here um, are also um, avid uh, gun owners and, and sportsmen and all that kind of thing. So everyone here um, enjoys um, this particular industry. And, and, and the things that we're doing. So yeah. it, it kind of gets everybody a little bit excited uh, about um, developing these new products. Yeah. And they are, even though they're built off of, um, you know, the mil-spec prints, they are our own. And we were, um, you know, having to be able to produce this from the ground up with, without a lot of help. It was um, quite I a think, task. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A testament to the folks that work here for sure. Yeah. So you are uh, one of the only partners of the company, is that correct? Correct, I'm the minority partner. Um, my business partner, Brian Dodd, um, he's the majority owner and he is uh, CEO of the company. I am the, the president and more of the day-to-day -day operations okay. uh, side of the business. Okay, can you give me a, a little backstory? Where little Mitch come from and uh, <laughs> the, the path you had to take to get to this point? Okay, so, um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's, it, it, it kind of was a culmination of a lot of years of, of really developing my skill set and becoming around enough in order to take on a business, even though we're not a huge company, we're big enough where we have to, I have to understand all facets of, of a uh, mid-size um, company. Yeah. So I, uh, I started off as a manufacturing engineer. Um, Getting my degree at NDSU, Brian Dodd was my um, was my college roommate, okay. and he also uh, was a manufacturing engineer by trade. And we kind of went our own ways, and um, my background became more of subcontract manufacturing. His background became more of um, uh, equipment and and kind of large scale company ownership, really. Oh, okay. and, and so then. Because he had owned businesses for several years, and with my background, his ability to diversify his portfolio, and my ability to to maintain a company like this, uh, it was a good fit. Yeah, you guys. So you guys bought the company back when? 2017. And uh, it went really well. 
Right. 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 Yeah. Right 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 up. Yes. We couldn't, we couldn't <laughs> miss uh, in yeah. the first couple of years there, and it, that was really great and put a lot. Now I have to say that all the folks here they they need absolute credit because they went uh, they put in tons of hours in between 2018 and 2019 to to bring in uh, to make all the business we brought in to bring it all to life. Yeah. You know, took took all those folks, but we we brought in a lot of new work, um, kind of new blood for the area. Um, in some of the customers and clientele we brought in. Okay. And uh, yeah, it, it went really well the first couple of years. Yeah, well, that's good. That's, that always helps when you're buying a business, right? That's a... Right. But that's, were those sleepless nights for you? Were you, were you nervous getting into something like that? I mean, I talk to people all the time that want to be their own business owner. You know what I mean? I'm more nervous for this setting than I am running a business. I don't, I, no kidding. I mean, this is not a natural, natural feeling for me, right? Me neither. Uh, right. So um, the, you know, taking on the, it, it, no, it wasn't. It, no, it felt natural. Um, it, felt it does. Yeah. It does. Yep. Because we we knew what we were doing. We we knew what our, yeah, our goals plan. were. We had a plan. Um, success is equal parts luck and preparation. Yes. Right? So yes. we were prepared, yeah. and then uh, and, it's, and we were lucky. Yeah. So for the couple of years, but now we we've also had to learn uh, resilience over these now the past eighteen months uh, yeah. with this thing slowing down um, in the end of nineteen and, and then of course COVID and, sure. and all of that. So we we've we've had all you know as the rest of the industry had equally uh, some some bad luck, but yeah. we we've, we've done what we could to to adapt and overcome. Good. Yeah. Uh, one thing that. I got a feeling for as we walked around and took a tour was that you guys seem like a close-knit group. I think you use the words, it's kind of, um, you feel like they're family, right. your employees, you think a lot of them, um, which is rather unique. You know, my mom worked in a factory setting. I mean, not as advanced as this, but I was having a little bit of a flashback <laughs> coming to visit my mom at a place she worked at. And uh, I remember her talking about know complaining about management and right. ownership and how poorly they treated their employees and I don't know can you tell me a little bit about how important that is that you have good employees that you guys take care of each other you mentioned something about um, the hours they work and they can kind of play with a little little bit depending on what they have going on in their personal life yeah 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 um so the most important thing is is building a trust between management and and the people that actually do the work right sure um and it, it is it does go both ways yes. so um i don't there, there's an expectation from from both of us for me to provide Make sure the work is there to make sure that their their benefits are intact, mm -hmm. uh, to make sure, of course, that the, the pay is there, um, that there's an equal work-life balance, um, yes. and that I have a a deliberate uh, approach to growing the business. Right. And it's a, and just not winging it, right? Because there are a lot of people's livelihoods yeah. at stake, and so you have the not only the, the thirty people that work here, but you have their wives, kids. you know, their kids, yeah. their in-laws, their their own parents, and you know, you get this extended network that all depend on on us to do right by the people that work here. Yeah, so it's a big responsibility. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and their responsibility is to come to work, be here on time, to 
help me to help them. Identify when things aren't going well, identify the things that we could be doing better, um, uh, you know, meet the, the requirements of the job, hmm. and, and help us to find ways of, of you know, managing our costs, cutting costs, and, and trying to put more money back in their pockets and, and make sure that they're as efficient as possible and they're not um, you know, frustrated at yeah. work and, and they're, again, trying to maintain their sanity as well. Right. Uh, so it's, it's all those things, it's, it's just this equal balance that we, we manage every day. Yes. And, um, so that is, that is a huge focus for us to keep that going. The culture is the most important thing and if you don't have that, there's really no point. Right. in any of it. You right. can't take care of your customers unless you're taking care of your employees. So yeah, yeah it, is, it is really a family atmosphere. So we try to find ways to, um, to I don't know, cater uh, to, to the employees, and, oh, sure. for lack of a better word, in terms yeah. of their hours. We work a flexible schedule here and, and that's important to give people the opportunity to work mm -hmm. within reason, a schedule that best fits their, their home life. Sure, you know? yeah. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, all right, so CB Machining and Engineering, can you, um, I don't know, tell me a little bit about what you guys specialize in, or if there's a particular client you typically work with, or if uh, that a potential client that you might work with is listening to the podcast. Sure. Uh, if there's a particular client that's a uh, potential client that's listening to a podcast that might be a good fit for you, what does that uh, person look like? What are your capabilities? You know, we are really geared toward, uh, you know, we're a job shop, right? And, and a job shop is small, discrete orders. Um, now, it's all relative as to what a small, discrete order is right. in this world. Yeah. You know, a uh, small, discrete order for a um, for an OEM of electronics, it uh, could be one million units. You know, yeah, uh, too small. Right, right. For an aerospace <laughs> company, it could be fifteen pieces. Right. Sure. So we, we actually are uh, are developing uh, methodologies and an approach, a manufacturing approach, to suit them both, hmm. because we really need to we need to keep our business to as diversified as possible so that we can manage these ups and downs in industry specifics. Aerospace took a big hit before COVID with the 737 slowdown and doubled down uh, once the COVID... Because uh, nobody was traveling. Because no one was traveling, correct. Right. Uh, but then you have other industries that picked up, um, you know, trying to find a camper right now. You know what I mean? So everybody wants to... to or a jet ski. Or, they're right, uh, yeah. you know, vehicles, uh, there, there's uh, firearms. Yeah. Um, so you find the industries that um, that we, we that we can keep with you know that we can approach and, and find work in, and we can find work in them all. If it's if it's uh, it has to be built out of a, a piece of stock, we can make it. Right. And and that's the mentality. So we want to have an approach that we can make 15 pieces mm -hmm. economically, mm -hmm. and, it, and with good quality for our customers. And of course, you know, so you have to look at the three components, which is um, you know your quality, your delivery, and your cost. And the same thing for the million components. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that we, with that scaling manufacturing approach, you saw all the different equipment we have here, that we can best steer a job towards the right equipment, the right people, so that we can, we can manage the whole gamut. Yeah. You know? you know, of all the equipment I looked at, it's probably strange for me to say, and uh, that one, man, where that measures to the 
point zero zero zero, like the fifth decimal point, right? To make sure it's exact. Yeah. And uh, you said the human hair is to the third. So a, a human hair is, is three thousandths, which is you know two zeros and and the three. Yeah. So it's third decimal place, three thousandths thickness of a human hair. Yeah. And we're measuring down to fifty millionths, which is you <laughs> That's know, crazy. four zeros and a five. <laughs> and you have to be able to measure to closer than what the, the, the specification requirements are. Because okay. you have to know, you know, your measuring equipment has to be better than your manufacturing equipment. Right. Uh, so that you know that what you're producing is, is what the customer wants. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and they have that same equipment, so you better be able to do it. <laughs> you know, you can't, uh, there, is, there is no option, especially in aerospace, to say, yeah, it's good without being absolute, without having the certified, um, calibrated equipment to, to validate that. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, What's the future? What does uh, CB machining and engineering look like in the future? Any plans? Anything coming down the pipeline? Uh, aspirations, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, if the fire iron industry continues the way it is, uh, which we, we hope it does at least for some time, and we can get into a position where um, our current clientele wants to do business with us for, for a long time, uh, we want to keep that going and grow mm -hmm. it as, as much as possible. We have a couple of larger customers, Fortune 500 customers, uh, Spirit Aerospace and Triumph um, uh, Actuation Systems. Uh, those are two customers that we want to grow with and, and we do want to do business for, for the OEMs. Um, but at the same time, we have a great core business of working for other uh, local and regional manufacturers that we want to continue to grow with as well. Mm. And so it's really just building on the foundation that we've, we've already got established. And um, we see the opportunity there. Yeah. It's there. there. We have customers all, especially at the end of 2019, that just, we want you to do more. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so we're excited for that. Um, we want to do some more standardization, um, mm -hmm. helping with, as you grow, you need more people, and we want the, we want a consistent result. So yeah. we, want, we need to have a, a a solid uh, apprenticeship approach to developing our young people and um, and so that we can be here for the long haul. Yeah. Uh, we do have a large uh, amount of space here uh, behind the building that we'd very much like to put a um, larger building in. Okay. And, nice. um, and I think that if the things keep going the way they are and we can, again, keep building on this uh, the foundation, then yeah. I think that we, we can certainly do that. This is my, my crystal ball, Sosnich. With your military background, right? You were in the Air Force, right? Or Air Guard. Yeah, right? Air Guard. Yeah. Um, call it a passion, passion project. Right. How about becoming like uh, the next Beretta or something? Sure. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty sweet. We've got uh, some designs of our own for, uh, for suppressors that okay. um, we're very eager to get uh, finished the development on. And we've also got, um, against some aspirations of our own um, approach on the AR-15. Okay. Uh, but uh, that is that's a long that's the long <laughs> play, right? The, you know, well, it's the, fun to think about. It, right? It's yeah. fun to dream about. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, but it's it's something that will take many many years uh, for it to to yeah. for I think for it to take hold. But at the same time, it'll be fun. Yeah. It's a lot of going. Absolutely. Yeah. We. Yeah. The best place you can be is when you're making your own parts, right. know, when you're making your own your own products. Right. Uh, you're you're totally in control of your own destiny at that point. Sure. Um, and so that that would be great. But 
uh, still, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. So we're very appreciative for the for the business that we have today, yeah. and we very much look forward to not only taking care of our current customers but growing with them. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, one more thing I want to mention because I think it's important. Um, you just uh, ended your career with the Air Guard. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, did, what did you put in your twenty years? Twenty one. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. I appreciate it. It was, uh, you know, it's one of those things that it's, you look at the good decisions you made through your life, and that was the best one I made, and staying with it. It's, yeah. It was very, it's, it's not easy when, when you've got uh, the obligations that you get as you, as you get older and your career develops and yeah. you, you have a family. Um, it is a commitment, and yeah. um, couldn't, you know, the, the military recognizes that, yeah. and they do everything they can to support those, um, you know, that, uh, that, those those other you know, this life outside of the military. Well, I'm about to throw myself under the bus. Uh, <laughs> I was in the the Army Reserve and Guard as a medic, and man, I was counting the days that a six year contract was right? up. <laughs> I was not going to re up. So kudos to you, you man. You got to make it through your first twelve. That's the 12? getting over the hump. Yeah, okay. you got to do that second enlistment. And I so I've only met people, and this is true. I've never met someone who said. I'm so glad I got out of the guard. I only every time I've met people, they say, "I wish I would have stuck it out." Yeah. Because you already you've already yeah. done all the training, you know. <laughs> it's just it, but it is it's an obligation and it's not easy. Yeah. And you have to find the right fit too. There's a lot of people that that were in sections MOSs that weren't a good fit for for them. And then the culture is important there too. Yeah. Um, if they don't have a culture that that rewards and appreciates the people that stick it out, sure. then it is difficult to stay in. And I've seen it all, you know, because yeah. there are so many uh, different uh, people in different um, military, uh, uh, you know, the different arm branches. Yeah. Well, I think I chose the right MOS. Um, you know, a friend of mine recommended it to me. He's like, man, you got to go into medical. Because, like, 70% of the people in the medical are women. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was like, "All right, I could do that." So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why do you think I chose the Air Force over the Army? Because um, I mean, yeah, because it, there's a lot more women in the Air Force than there are. <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny. Yeah, it was a good experience. I mean, I'm glad I did it, but I was also glad to be done. To be honest, you know. Um, but yeah, thank you for your 21 years in the Air Guard, man. I appreciate your service as well. Yeah. Uh, six is still absolutely better than not doing it at all, right? <laughs> right, sure. right, I guess. And I thank you for, for yours as well. Thank you. Um, well, I don't know. I think that's about it. Uh, CB Machining and Engineering in Buffalo, Minnesota, Mitch Sloan, right? Correct. I love that last name, Sloan. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I'm excited to hear more about what's going on with this company in a few years. And uh, I think it's, uh, I think you're doing great things. I love the way you take care of your employees. You're diversifying a little bit. And uh, I don't know, I keep leaning towards that whole firearms industry for you guys. I think that's it's gonna go somewhere. It's, it's definitely exciting, we're, we're glad to be doing it. Um, I appreciate you, you guys reaching out and, and asking me to do this. Um, you know, anytime I can, um, anytime I can, talk about this company and the great things we're doing here, the great people that work here. Yeah. I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. Uh, and so I do appreciate you reaching out as well. If uh, somebody wants to get a hold of you, if they need a part made, 
uh, if they're a machine shop and they're just too busy and they need right. uh, need some help, right? Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you and uh, see what you can do for them? Okay, first thing you can do is call our main line, 763-684-1590, or go to our website, www.cbmachining.com. All right, sounds good. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right.